Halloween is coming up in a month and a half. So if you guys have any recommendations, let us know. We would love to watch all the movies on Hall- Halloween. October. Not just on Halloween. Just on Halloween. Just on Halloween. All 31. We'll watch 31 movies on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Something creepy on the silver screen A feeling paranormal and a eerie scream When you get the creepy crawlies and you hold your breath Cause right around the corner is the fear of death A couple K&T's talking ghosts and ghouls Where the slashes never stop and there are no rules If you're looking for the haunts to make you crave seclusion It's time to settle in, this is Grim Conclusions Welcome into the Grim Conclusions podcast. I'm Kanan. I'm Tina. And we have a good movie for you today. It's a Netflix. Uh, I'm not sure if it's an original. It might be, but it's been on Netflix for quite a while, so you should definitely give it a find. But we're going to jump right into it a this what? time. Good find? <laughs> I thought you said a good find. No, a good find. Okay. With a Any- D. Anyways, we're going to jump right into the film. No shenanigans, no would you rather's or anything this time around, but uh, we do have an announcement at the end of the pod, so make sure you tune in for that. That being said, our movie for the week is Hush. Again, you can find it on Netflix, and just a brief synopsis in our point of view, if you want the real one, you can look in the notes below. The movie itself is about A girl who is a deaf woman, and she's living out in the wilderness by herself, kind of. She had moved away from her family that lives in the heart of a city. And so she lives out on her own, and she has one neighbor that is close, at least that you're introduced to. And she's a writer. Uh, That's basically all it really tells you right off in the beginning. There's no real deep plot to her storyline. But she's a deaf writer, and she's trying to write her next book. And she lives out in the secluded woods by herself. And a serial killer happens to stumble upon their area. And this whole film is about uh, her interaction with that serial killer and trying to survive him. Now, we're going to jump right into it. How do you feel about the movie overall, Tina? I mean, I've seen this movie, I think, now at least three times. And every time it still, like, makes me really tense. And, like, I don't know, I always want her to, like win at the end which I think everybody would want but I just always find myself getting freaked out or like tense in the situations when she interacts with him and stuff so no matter how many times I've seen this movie it's always been enjoyable and I really like it yeah yeah I agree I've seen the movie a couple times as well and I do really enjoy it I don't think it's very scary per se but it's definitely like that high tension. Yeah, and we'll get into that, but uh, it's a really good movie overall. I guess from that, would you recommend it to people? Would uh, If you had to create a Netflix recommendations in scary movies, would this be in your like top five, top ten? How would you recommend this to people? Uh, I would definitely say 
that I would recommend it to people. Like I said earlier, I have watched it like three times and I still never find any part of it old. So I think that's something to test to it. Do you mean like top five, top ten on Netflix yes. scary movies? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then yeah, I would probably say top ten. Because I mean, you know as much as I do that Netflix really has a hit or miss selection of scary movies. It's either, yeah. oh, it's pretty good or, oh, that was terrible. So I was just wondering if it would be in your like top five or 10 that you would say, yeah, you should check this out. If someone's like, I need something to watch on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of our good scary movies don't come from Netflix. So I couldn't right. even say it's probably top five knowing that I like it so much, but either way, I would definitely recommend it. Definitely watch it. Yeah, I think I would also recommend it. I don't think that it would be in my top five. Uh, it'd probably cut the top ten for scary movies, but I think that Netflix has a handful of others that we haven't even gotten to yet that would likely be better. But I think that it's a good movie overall and definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. That being said, we should jump right into our scales. Uh, and so how would you rate this on a scale of one to ten just on the storyline? So... 10 being, wow, that movie would have been great even if it wasn't a scary movie. The story was just really intriguing. Or 1 being, wow, this was really not fleshed out and kind of a waste of time. I mean, I think I would give it maybe like a 2 on storyline, but I also don't feel like it was a waste of time. So <laughs> So then it's not a 2? Well, there really <laughs> is no storyline in this movie. Like, you just know that it's a deaf woman who lives in the woods alone. That's all you really know. And that she is a writer. She was diagnosed with meningitis when she was 12 or 13, and that's how she became deaf. So everything you're saying right now comes along with the storyline. <laughs> yeah, but that's... I feel like in a... I agree with you that the storyline isn't... Much. isn't it drawn out and it's not really explained very well and that'll i'll tell you in my rating how that affects it mm -hmm. but you're saying there's no storyline and then say saying you like it so i'm, I'm just the storyline like the main part of the whole thing like a dude breaking into a person's house trying to kill her that part of the story has nothing to do with like everything else you know in my opinion, I don't think the storyline is that great, but I also don't think that this movie, the way it was set up, has to be like a really in-depth story and backstory and whatever to be a good movie. All right. Well, I don't necessarily agree with you on that one, but I would give this movie probably a four or five on storyline. I agree with you that the background of the movie isn't very good. They don't really build up anything in the beginning and it kind of just jumps into it, which I'll mention probably a little bit more in our flaws section, but they don't really flesh out and make you connected to the character as much. So that part kind of isn't as fun because it has its moments and it has its reasons why we'd recommend it, but there's not a real good storyline. But that being said, there is a storyline. So I don't think that it, if you like the movie, I find it hard to be a two, in my opinion. But you can like the movie without having there be a strong storyline. I guess. I just, I think most people wouldn't like a movie if it didn't have a stronger storyline. Anyways, moving on to our scary scale, um, or that could be tension, eerie any of that, how would you rate that part of the movie on a scale of 1 to 10? I would rate it 
probably like an eight. And the only reason why I say an eight is because like it's really not that scary. Like it doesn't really make you jump. It doesn't really like have these like, oh my gosh moments. Except there are, but like in a different way. We'll get to those too. But um, like I think the scariest part about this particular movie is that it could, it's pretty realistic. Like this could happen to a person. And, like, you know, we hear about people getting their house broken into all the time. That's, like, a normal thing. So then to, like, see it and to have... I don't know if it's a normal thing, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying it happens more often than, like, some other scary movies that we right. watch. I get that. So, for me, like, to see it, see someone's experience on film of, like, what could happen when someone's trying to break into their home... Like, that part's scary because then it's like, oh, gosh. Like, you think about the next time you have to be at home by yourself and, like, what could happen or whatever. For sure. I agree. I don't agree with the rating, but I agree with your, your you reasoning. You are really disagreeing with me a lot. We're today. just we're just button heads today, apparently. Um, I would give this movie a scale 1 to 10 on the scare, eerie, tension factor a 4. I think that there are tense moments, and I get where you're coming from as far as oh like you're you feel uneasy and you want her to win so to speak her to survive Mm -hmm. and everything but i don't think that it left me like tense or like you know uneasy you're also not afraid of being home alone or afraid of the dark that's true and that could play into it i guess your fear of that is probably stronger than mine is but, yeah, I'd give this one a four. I think it's a good film. I think it has its reasons to watch it. But overall, like, a scale of 1 to 10, just the overall film, I'd probably put it at, like, a 5 or a 6. So that's why both the storyline and the scare are kind of middle of the pack for me. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, if you haven't seen this film yet, you should probably stop the podcast right now. But come back, because... We do want you to catch the good details about it and whatnot, but this is your spoiler warning, and we are going to jump into my favorite moment of the podcast called The Bitching Hour. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. All right, Tina, so what are your flaws that stood out for this one? What was just making you really not believe it? And I think we talked about it in the middle of the movie, so I kind of think I know where you're going to go for this one, but what weren't you liking? Well, for me... So, right when she found out that there was somebody trying to break into her house and kill her, she immediately, he, like, cut the the circuit breakers to, like, everything in the house. So, like, she had absolutely no power, which included her Wi-Fi. And because she's deaf, she had to use, like, FaceTime um, most of the time to communicate with her friends, her family, and whatnot because she can't hear, obviously. So, um, she was trying to call 911 on her computer because somehow, oh, he got, he grabbed her phone. At some point he was inside the house and was able to snatch her phone. And that's how she actually ended up, um, figuring out that someone was in the house because she, he was sending pictures of her from her phone to her computer and like Apple's weird, you know, they can connect things. So that's how she found out. But anyway... 
So she was trying to call um, 911 on her computer and like it wasn't working because there was no Wi-Fi, no inner, like no power in her house. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Kanan mentioned maybe this is just because this is a little bit of an older movie. I don't remember how old, but maybe this wasn't available the at the time. The from 2016. Okay, 2016. So that's not that long ago. Still, you'd be surprised how much technology has advanced in no, those four years. I'm just, I remember, I'm just saying. Let's just let's just get to the bitching part. So, You're if doing I'm enough not, of that. If, <laughs> if not mistaken, the even if you don't have power or like your cell phone doesn't have Wi-Fi or it doesn't have like a plan or a service like set up with it, you can still contact emergency phone numbers like nine one one, obviously. For help. So for me, I thought that was kind of a flaw because maybe it was just that it was her computer and not her phone. I think that is the big thing. At first, I was with you because I was thinking it was her phone. But as we got towards the end and kind of realized, I think it was that it was her computer. And I'm fairly certain if we disconnected our Wi Fi right now and just had our computer and you tried to make an emergency call, I don't think it would work. Even on your computer. Yeah, but I just wonder if Apple's a little bit different because they can sync up with your phone. But so. I mean, that's just like we have our Google uh, Home in our room and you can call through Google Home, but it has to be connected to the Wi-Fi. I don't know. To me, I, I don't know. I get I'm it. Sure I was with you for most of it. I'm sure that there was something, there was a reason, but to me, I was like, you should be able to call emergency contact at all times. Because I remember that was one reason when I was little. I never had a cell phone plan, but they just gave me a cell phone without anything, and I could call 911. Right, and that would work on a phone, but she didn't have her phone. Right. He took her phone, and she so had a computer. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, I think that is what it is, but I definitely was with you, and I last second remembered it was her computer and not her phone. My flaw was, uh, I kind of already mentioned it before, but that it really just jumps into the film right away. It doesn't really... it doesn't really build any development with the character as far as something for you to be i don't know drawn in or familiar with her to the point where you actually care about her or you are hoping for the best and like of course you're naturally hoping for the best you don't want to see anybody go through anything bad but it kind of just jumps in and then it goes full full speed from there which is fine but it makes the beginning kind of dull and i don't know boring to me in a sense because it's just oh she's at her house oh you see she's deaf she talks to her neighbor then suddenly her neighbor leaves then all of a sudden they go and the neighbor tries she's cleaning up her house and she can't hear clearly because she's deaf so her neighbor starts smacking on the window and is like oh help help please see me like please see me blah blah, blah. and then her neighbor gets killed and then all of a sudden we're in it like the serial killer killed their neighbor right in front of her house. And I just thought that, I don't know, we could have had some sort of backstory. We could have had some sort of buildup. And there are portions that they didn't build up, which I kind of enjoy, like that the serial killer himself, you never find out this person's name. It's literally just a random person who is clearly a psycho, and we'll dive into that more. But I think... I see why, because usually I'm someone who really likes a backstory and likes to see the growth and everything and how, like, the story transforms throughout the movie, but I think, like, they almost did it purposefully because 
if you think about a real serial killer um, or a real person trying to break into your house or whatever, or even, like, in a store, if someone breaks into a store and, you know, tries to steal stuff or hurt somebody, they don't really give a crap about who you are and where you came from and all that stuff. So I don't know if that was just, like, the producer's part of, like, disassociating to see, like, that element of, like, this dude doesn't know who she is. He's finding stuff out as he goes, and so he just knows he wants to kill a person. I get that, and I'm fine with that. The backstory for me, as far as what I was looking for, is to help me connect with her more and want to Mm -hmm. root for her more, want to know more about her. And and the only thing that ends up becoming into part of my favorite scene later is that she explains that she's a writer and she has trouble coming up with endings because she thinks in so many different directions and she thinks of all these different plots all at one time that that just really she has a hard time finishing her books and things like that because her mind the plots just work out and that little explanation was like the only thing of backstory we got when she was talking to her neighbor and it comes in handy and plays into one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie so I think if we had more moments that showed who she is and how smart she is and things like that, I would have had more connection with some of the things later on. But that was my only flaw that stood out. Mm-hmm. Um, so then from there, let's jump into our favorite scenes. Since I was just talking about that kind of, I'm going to go first then. Okay. Um, my favorite scene, like I said, how she thinks in so many different veins for her book and she's thinking of all the different routes and alternatives and thinks overthinks essentially into every single particular detail comes into handy later on in the film because she is realizing she's trapped in her house she's losing a lot of blood because she was shot with a crossbow at this point and a little bit of background the killer is kind of just really toying with her he happens to hit her with a crossbow in the leg and so she is bleeding out and is kind of freaking out and panicking, but she's realizing that... If she doesn't do something, she's going to die. Exactly. And so then it goes through her process and kind of speaks with her inner monologue voice, which is really cool, about, like, you can't run because your leg is shot and you're limping and you won't be able to escape. You can't hide because if you hide, you'll bleed out. And you can't wait for because you haven't reached out to anybody because you haven't had a phone or anything. So if you wait, again, you'll bleed out. So it's a really cool, like, process. And then she's going through things like, okay, could we go turn the breakers on? And then she's like, no, you couldn't because by the time you do that, he'll realize where you are and he'll get you. Could you hide under the deck and try to approach him from there? No, because you've already done that. So he'll probably think about that or check that spot once again. And so then you'll get cut. Could you, and like, she went through all these different steps of, and you're, you're watching her process it of, oh, could I do this? Could I do that? And she's like, no, all these things I do, I'll end up dead. And so then she's like, there's only one thing. And then she's like, I have to kill him. And Mm -hmm. it was just a really cool scene to watch that play out and see everything. And that that was why I loved the background that they did set up that was very brief. is because it gave us that scene. And that that scene was probably the best to me. So Mm -hmm. more things like that would have been extremely cool in my opinion. But what about you? Favorite scene. I think one of my favorite scenes. So she hits him. No, no, no. Okay, I got to remember how this went. But somehow, my favorite scene, I'll just expo- say it and then you can help explain. Yeah, I can the clear order. things up for you. 
at some point she's trying to escape and he's there they you know they're whatever oh no i remember she threw like a flashing light out to the woods to try to get him to like get distracted so she could go outside and like crawl down this like vine gate thing and then he that's when he shoots her in the leg Mm -hmm. and then she hides does some matrix trick to like not get hit again then he crawls up to see if she's dead or not and she like takes the the bow and arrow is that what it's called crossbow crossbow and um like she has advantage at that point because or he doesn't know that she can't load it or anything at that point yet but it's just like that big win for her she's like finally has like higher ground and is like nope i got what you've been trying to kill me with and so I don't know. I was rooting for her at that point, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, it gave you that yes yeah. feeling. Yeah, but then I felt bad for her because she was trying so hard to, like, try to launch it or whatever. She was trying to load it. Load and it. It's just so difficult. With, well, it's so hard, heavy, be, and she's yeah. weak enough already because she's losing blood right. fast. And, like, the moment when I realized that he's watching her struggle through this whole process of her trying to load it a hundred times or how, how, I don't know how long he was there watching her, but... It was just that, like, painful moment. But the, the part before that, when she stole it, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more favorite scene that I had. It's not really a scene, but it's how they built up that he is truly just a random psycho serial killer. Like, he's not some person that she's met before with a grudge or anything like that. Like, it's really diving into, you know, there are crazy people out there that literally have something messed up with them to the point where... They, they do terrible things, right? And so they set that up really well. And this is weird to say they set it up well because you're talking about, oh, you did this really good by making this guy look <laughs> like a terrible human being. But they, um, like when he killed her friend, uh, he could see her through her window because he stabbed her right outside of her house. And he sat there and you're like, why is he stabbing this girl so many times? And I was like, he's trying to make sure... He's trying to make Maddie see that he's killing this person and she can't hear him or see him. So she's just out of sight, out of mind. Mm. And then he realizes, wow, how is she still not seen? So then he starts tapping on the glass, trying to like get her attention and she can't hear and he's starting to realize. And so then that's when he sneaks into the house and grabs her phone, realizes she can't hear him. And so then he's like, you can kind of see it click that he's going to mess with her and he's going to torture her. And it's just like, man, that is so messed up. And then... But that was a favorite scene of yours? No, no, no. It's not a favorite scene. It's just like they did that very well for a serial killer type movie as far as mm-hmm. making it, I don't I don't want to say realistic, but kind of, you know what I mean? Like that this person is truly psycho. and mm-hmm. And then another, the scene that was actually the favorite depiction of that whole thing is when she pulls up her her laptop which we've already seen is connected to her phone and she sees she gets a message from herself mm-hmm. and then he starts sending like a variety of pictures that he's been following her and whatnot and just that realization of oh my god like <laughs> that was a really good yeah scene overall in my opinion i think in general like she's just a very She's smart. Oh, for like, sure. She's super smart. Like, one, another favorite scene of mine is, like, at the very end where, well, actually, it kind of combines two favorite things. So, f- eventually, she's had, like, 
enough of this crap. Like, she's just done. She's like, you've killed two of my best friends that live out here in the woods with me that I'm the only connected to. Finally, she, like, scoops blood out of her wound, which is, like, ow, painful, but also gross, and writes on the door while he's standing there face-to-face with her because he says, I'm coming in now. And she writes on it with her blood, do it, and then bangs on the window, like, "Get, come on, let's go. Like, bring it on yeah. sort of thing. And then she wrote, writes coward underneath it. And I was like, okay, she's not messing around she's anymore. She's BA right there. Yeah. She's like... And then after that, he grabs um something from her car to try to break, break down the door. It was the... the uh, it's for your tires when you unscrew the bolts on your yeah. tires. So he grabbed that, trying to break down the glass to get into the door, and she runs to her computer and starts, because she still hasn't finished the ending of her new book that she started. Um, she was working on writing another book. She, like, can't, she's got writer's block or whatever. So at the end of her book, she um, she hasn't finished it, whatever, but she opens it up, opens it up to her document with her book that she's working on in it, writes, five nine male, green eyes, um tattoo on his neck tattoo on his neck love you mom and dad died fighting whatever just in case you know like if and when she dies they can open this up and know who was her killer and like she has proof so i thought that was really cool too because she's showing her smarts and that like she's barely alive at this point but she still has that like process in her head like i can still get this guy you know whatever right so i don't know she's I really liked her as a character in general. Yeah, no, she's a fighter, and that was awesome. Before we move on to the next segment, which is your favorite segment, um, I just want to... Can we talk about how messed up the scene is when she writes on the thing in lipstick on the window saying, didn't see your face, won't tell, and then boyfriend's Um, coming home? And this shows how psycho this man is to the point where he, like, takes the mask off and shows her his face and goes well now you have haven't you (laughs) like Mm -hmm. just so messed up and then also to that same scene he looks and says says boyfriend's coming soon and he's like repeating the whole conversation she had with her sister i think over facetime because she was like talking about how lonely they she was or whatever being alone and she was like you should come live with me blah 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 so he clearly already knew there was no boyfriend and was just trying to repeat that whole conversation to get in her head once again. But yeah, he's yeah, this not dude right. is just messed up. But let's move over to your favorite segment, of course, called our oh shit moments. Hold up. Nah. What? We gotta go back home, man. Why? I pooped my pants. Okay. I kind of think, so my oh shit moment is like your favorite scene moment where he realizes that she's deaf and you kind of get that like, oh crap, like he's just, he's going to run with this kind of thing. And like you realize that he has the advantage because one, she doesn't know how loud she is. She can try to be quiet, but like it still might not be quiet enough. And um, you even mentioned like, he can kind of dictate how far away she is from him, but she can't dictate how far away he is from her all the time if she can't see him. Right. So that was like a, oh, like a, 
I don't know. Just that realization that he knew and I was like, crap. Right. Um, there was another one too, but you go first. Or you go uh, I think I'm probably going to take your other one. And it's when she's running back in the house after she shot him with a crossbow. Then he, uh, she drops one of the arrows when she's running back in. And she reaches back out for it. And he caught up and he slams the... Or she's trying to pull the, the door shut, the sliding glass door. She tries to pull it shut, but she tries to grab the arrow. And he slams it under her arm. Mm -hmm. And then he steps down on her arm and just you hear it snap and you're just like, oh, mm -hmm. like, oh, just so gross. And then you see it and like you see her arm throughout the rest of the movie later on. And it's just so mangled and... Yeah, her oh. thing, half of her hand is, like, backwards. Oh, it's just so disgusting. So yeah. that was definitely an oh shit moment for me. And then I had one other one, and it's just kind of messed up. But she's, it's towards the beginning when she is realizing this guy is crazy and a psycho, and he's probably going to try to kill me. But she hasn't really seen that he's killed anybody or anything so she locks herself in her room puts a dresser in front of the door sits between these windows pulls the curtains drawn for both of them so she doesn't see him there and so she sits back against the wall and is just kind of in shock and then all of a sudden you just hear a tapping on the window and it's like oh god he's just sitting there taunting her and tapping on the window so she kind of like leans over and you can see like a, a mangled hand or like a uh a flannel shirt on the person's arm and you're like oh he's not wearing a flannel shirt and then she leans out and it's her dead friend and he's using her arm to knock on the window and just really taunting her and it's just like oh man that is just so messed up so that was my other one yeah that one was wrong it was just wrong so before we wrap it up i guess were there any things that stood out to you in this movie that you really interpreted that other people wouldn't have caught or things that you liked that stood out or anything of those sort? Um, for me, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little biased with this movie. I know you, we've both seen this a couple times now, but like, I feel like my ratings are higher than yours in general. I don't know if it's because like, I think it's really cool to have a deaf person as a main character. No, I think that is too. Just to see like a whole different type of culture being embedded into a scary movie. Like, you just don't see a lot of that. And I actually have a certification in American Sign Language, fun fact about me. And um, the way that they were signing and stuff was actually realistic. Like, sometimes I think they make things up to make it look like it's a real thing, but then it's not. But they really stuck to the language and the culture. And, like, they tried to make it super realistic, like... When she had a text message or a phone call, she put her phone upside down so she could see, like, the flashing light to know someone was trying to get a hold of her. There was a moment where she had, like, the cooking. She was cooking something and, like, she burnt it so the fire alarm went off. But it was so loud because, like, deaf people have to feel vibrations in order to know that something's going on. And that's something in deaf culture that would actually be realistic. So I think they really tried to embed deaf culture and American Sign Language to be, I don't know, I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, no, I really like it too. The one thing I do wish is I wish instead of using the actress that they did, who did a great job, I'm not bashing mm -hmm. her in any way, it would have been cool to use an actual deaf actress. I agree. I think that would have made it 
um, a lot more valuable and well, the, just, they I, would have been more respected by the deaf community because I know that's a big issue. Well, that and just it's not like there are a lot of lead roles for a lot of deaf actors and actresses that are yeah, out there. So I mean. it's like, why not give that opportunity to someone and let them really take it over? And maybe that leads to other opportunities for others in the future. So it's just mm-hmm. like, it would be really cool for something like that to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us on this one. So Sorry, wrapping it was so boring it... today. <laughs> no fun things to talk about, I guess. I mean, I think the movie overall was pretty fun, and we got to I mean, bicker. Usually, we have our couples conundrums and all. Yeah, that they're probably stuff. sick of hearing those every week. Probably. So. And we've bickered enough in this one to have a couple conundrums. So. I suppose. Uh, but before we go, we want to let you know that the next few episodes of the podcast. We're going to be jumping into the Conjuring universe and the Conjuring series. One of our favorites. So you're definitely going to want to check that one out. There's so many loops and tie-togethers between all of those films. And just we're going to jump in head first and try to give you every single bit of information that we can. How many of them are there? I believe there's seven. But um, So we're going to jump in right away with the original Conjuring. Then we'll probably come with the Conjuring 2. Then we'll jump through all of the Annabelles, and then we'll finish with the Nun. It might not follow right chronologically, and it might be a little bit weird as far as release date as well, but I think that's going to be the easiest way to find our drawbacks and conclusions and things like that. So we'll jump in with The Conjuring, Conjuring 2, all of the Annabelle movies, and then the Nun. So yeah, start prepping for those. Get your movie marathons going. Invite some friends over, stay <laughs> safe, social distance, but invite some friends. Oh, it's so real, everybody. Get your uh, movie watching going, and we hope you'll tune in for that series. So with that, Tina, tell them where they can find us, and we'll head out. Yeah, make sure to check us out on Facebook, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher. All the places you can find them. All the places. Twitter. We update everybody on what we're watching that week. So um, stay tuned to all those things and we'll keep you updated. Halloween is coming up in a month and a half. So if you guys have any recommendations, let us know. We would love to watch all the movies on Halloween. October. No, just on Halloween. Just on Halloween. Just on Halloween. All 31. I watched 31 movies on Halloween. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> that's K&T signing off. Have a good one. Peace.